This is a fourth hand production. Oh. Yeah, it, it's like I used to love The Walking Dead, but a lot, a lot of times I ask myself, like, dude, would I want to fucking make it in that situation? Yeah, and you know what? Not to sound like an ass, but, you know, Hollywood can come up with any kind of a scenario that we can anticipate. Who's to say that it's not going to be worse? You know? Like, well, judging damn. by our pandemic response, I think it will be. <laughs> that's kind of, um, yeah, you know, that's kind of what like, I'm hinting at. <laughs> story in the news today you believe in ghosts and the paranormal uh, are they are they ufos or are they like some crazy experimental you know governmental i don't uh, know planes that they're building? and police in espanola are catching more than just criminals they're catching images of what they believe are ghosts weird animal-like creature that was shot, wolf-like creature that just stood out in some odd ways. And welcome to Strange Uggles. I'm Shane. I'm John. I don't know the last time I was this hungover. <laughs> Back from Portland, all fun and games, huh? That'll do it. Yeah. yeah. How was the show? Day. Oh, dude, it was so fucking good. Um, yeah. A lot of people were kind of bummed about uh, Jawbreaker's performance. I thought it sounded a little bit weird where we were because, like, we watched Jawbox on the main general admission spot. And then we had to, like, went upstairs to the 21 and over section to get a beer and just ended up watching Jawbreakers set from there. And it sounded a little bit not as good upstairs. Yeah, I feel like 21 and over sections sometimes get the raw end of the deal. Yeah, absolutely. Like, like Club Sound in Salt Lake, like, you had to be all the way in the back of that room. You had that rectangle that you could watch out of. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, well, and like, um, the. God, my fuck vacation brain is still a real thing. <laughs> yeah, but, they kicked um, in yet. Yeah, like, because Jawbox sounded fucking amazing. And then I mm. went upstairs and it just changed the acoustics a little bit. And I and some of the people that I went with, I think, were expecting a little bit, like, more engagement from, from Jawbreaker. But uh, it's also like, dude, we're all in our fucking 40s, man. Yeah. It's going to be bouncing off the walls. Like, Yeah, like, what? Yeah, exactly. We're old. <laughs> <laughs> that's fucking funny for sure that's but strange to me blast. that portland had like a 21 and over section uh like well, Utah always do, gets the heat for that they do they do the same thing we always used to do yeah. like at deviate you know where there's like a bar section yeah, and then, yeah, yeah. But most of its general admission in all ages like and that that's actually what i blanked out on just a second ago was uh i was thinking about the only place i've ever been where the 21 and over section was like the best place to see the show from was deviate. was deviate. Oh yeah. man. I was always too young to get up there. Oh dude. It sounded just as good because you were just right above general. Yeah. You're just right and there. It, and that whole room had such a fucking gigantic ceiling that like, That's yeah, so funny. if the band brought their own sound guy, cause the dude that just worked there was not great. But if the brand bought their band brought their own sound guy, like it always sounded good there. Yeah. Was it just those two bands that played? There was an opener, but I had never heard of them. Yeah, I definitely missed them. And I think there's a fucking uh, you got a wolf pack outside. There's man. a dog fight going on outside. <laughs> yeah, a super cute. What looks like a like adolescent, like not quite a puppy anymore. Dog just followed my neighbor and his dog home from their walk. Ah, uh, 
and uh, she seems super friendly and everything, but there are no tags on her collar. Oh, um, I don't know what breed she is. She looks like somewhere be- like maybe a mix of a lab and a boxer or something. Okay, mm. light coloring, like white with like tan markings. So if anyone that listens to this is missing their dog in the Rose Park area, <laughs> FYI, <laughs> like call the fucking number. Dude, uh, holy shit, yeah, and that would be funny. Actually, 801-252-6945. Yeah, not, like not if you're just your for dog. the podcast. Yeah, come find your dog, too. Yeah, How crazy I, would that be? That would be so fucking funny. There's like 35 people that listen to this podcast, and one of them has to like, my fucking dog. It's yeah, over but like there. 30 of the 35 people are in Salt Lakes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. That's fucking No, but uh, after what I went through with, excuse me, after what I went through with the cat last weekend, I'm just like, oh, man, uh, yeah. got to gotta find gotta find this dog's people no for yeah. sure that sucks yeah i was um telling jet you know so you went to portland we ended up going to tim meadows of all people came to spokane uh and he put was on it, a really good show it's fun was it stand-up yeah yeah him doing stand-up he's funny as shit dude i mean i yeah yeah he was like yeah i'm going through a divorce and it was uh you know it's been a rough a lot of money out of my pocket he says uh that's why I'm in fucking Spokane, Washington, playing <laughs> like it was just fucking, it was just funny. So he did it. Dude, did a he really was show. amazing in uh, in Superstar. Don't stop, never stopping. Oh yeah, like as the fourth Tony, 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 <laughs> Tony. <laughs> I love him so much. Him and grown ups and, and shit like that. He's been hilarious in the new season of Space Force too. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. Yeah, pretty cool. So good. Well, man, good, cool. Glad you had a good weekend. Um, I'll be in your neck of the woods uh, in Salt Lake the first week of April, I think, although it sounds like I may not see you guys unless, John, I drop in on Wednesday and, and see you at the at your work. Um, yeah. You know, so we'll. we'll I mean, I have that Thursday off. We can hang out that night. Oh, yeah, we'll figure something out. You know, it was kind of an impromptu visit. I kind of got blindsided by it, but, you know, it is what it is. I always like seeing you guys for sure. Um so for what it's worth, everybody, this is the news episode. We do this monthly. If you're, you know, listening, we got more than 35, maybe not that much more, but just throwing it out there. 40. Just so we can, maybe <laughs> just so. all right. 50. I'm, I'm painting a picture. 50 That's all I'm doing here. <laughs> so anyway, um, no. So this is news. We do this once a month uh, and just we cover everything. I tell you, it was hard on this one, digging some stuff up, but we did manage to find some cool things. A lot of stuff going on as all of us know in the world. So, you know, weird news tends to take a side seat when you got uh, real important shit actually going on. But I did want to cover something real quick. And then John, I guess I'll throw it to you for the first news thing. But um, I find this really cool. And I like seeing stuff like this, especially when it relates to horror, because it's like, cool, they're going to make this a thing. So Ben Stiller to play Jack Torrance in the Shining stage adaptation. Do you guys hear about this? Oh my God! Please tell me it's a fucking musical. <laughs> it's, I don't think it is at all. But it's a Shining Broadway play or something. Or? Yeah, it's sta- well, it's going to be a stage adaptation. Um, so Jack Nicholson immortalized Jack Torrance, which we all know, 1980 in The Shining. Uh, ben Stiller may soon take his own stab at the character on stage, according to Variety, uh, and he is in talks to star in Ivo Van Hove's upcoming theater adaptation of Sting, Stephen King's classic. The cool thing about this is where Stanley Kubrick took the movie The Shining originally, um, I guess this this uh, play form is going to actually be closer to what Stephen King wrote. 
in oh, the book where that's more true to the book. I mean, that's yeah, cool. Yeah, kinda, that's way interesting because cool. I know King was fucking furious when the movie came yes. out. He was like, "That's not anything like what the what I was doing with the book." You fucking asshole. Yep, I he heard that. Pissed. Yeah, I heard he that pissed. Stephen King was super pissed about that. Which, well, yeah, but uh, well, I fucking love the movie, and I've never read the book. So, <laughs> well, yeah, the, both but, of them are great, but the book is different. But here's the thing with. Like Stephen King, the movie took more of a supernatural aspect on it where Stephen King's book spun his mental disability, all that shit, like Jack Torrance just losing his mind because he's blacked out, they're in a hotel, they're isolated. Like he went more towards that, and it looks like that's what the stage play is going to be more towards, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Oh, go go ahead. ahead. No. I was just going to say, if I remember right, if if I think it's in the book, they like kind of – focus more on like the mental health aspect of it and like cast uh fuck i can't remember the mom's name anymore but uh they cast her character in a little bit more of like a faulty narrator kind of light too as well and just make make it all super fucking weird but if i ever read that book it was when i was like fucking 15 oh it's so long ago and was it shelly duvall Duvall. shelly duvall yeah there we go yeah 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 Yeah, and she did a great job very much be talking out of my ass because it's been a very long time (laughs) Yeah, that would just be interesting to see Ben Stiller in that type of. Like, that's kind of what well, I was thinking. That's a different form. Yeah, I just like picture a, him as the mean guy in a, a Happy Gilmore. I was I was thinking like <laughs> a a serious version of Ask White from Dodgeball. Now. Yeah, oh you know, yeah, something like that. You know, oh, oh your shit, fingers hurt. Not... Well, your back's gonna hurt because you just pulled landscaping. <laughs> you can throw a wrench. You can throw got a ball. A, got a warm <laughs> class of shut the hell up. <laughs> I usually drink a warm glass of milk before I go to bed. <laughs> <laughs> it's fucking oh, pathetic man. we quote this shit i swear to god it, it's so yeah, funny this it's is what memes were before memes dude this memes yeah, before yeah, the internet right? was memes just before yeah just quoting funny movies yeah yeah, yeah. oh my god and i've got them funny. all up in there yeah so yeah just picture ben still there like putting the <laughs> but the little put, thumb to the neck <laughs> the finger across his neck like Ugh. oh shit my favorite get so- your shovel danny you caught landscaping duty <laughs> <laughs> my favorite ben stiller movie while we're on the subject and we can slowly move on is mystery men and, and like it's the first thing he one. directed i fucking love that show it is did so you ever good. see hot pursuit i like think so. it was an 80s movie with john cusack um mm. and I don't remember who directed it, but like Ben and Jerry Stiller are in it, and they're the bad guys, and it's fucking hilarious. Oh no shit, amazing. that's funny. That's hilarious. Like I a, just know Tom Waits is a mystery man, and anything that man's in, I'll watch anything. Doesn't matter what it is. So, do you check out Hot Pursuit? It's like free on pretty much every streaming service. Is and it? It's, I'll it's check it out. Fucking hilarious. Also, I like, might not have seen that. I don't know. Basically, huh. so Cusack's the main character. He's dating a rich girl. He's a poor college student. They go on a family vacation that he doesn't go on because her parents hate him because he's poor. And Mm. then he's like, well, fuck it. I got to go find her. And meanwhile, Ben and Jerry Stiller have kidnapped the family. And, uh, like, he partners up with Robert Loggia on a fucking sailboat to try and chase him through the Caribbean and rescue him. It's fucking... It's the kind of movie that only the eighties can make. I, I got I don't think I've seen that. Now that you're telling it, I don't think I've seen it. So <laughs> I got caught up on John Cusack's 2012 the other night, and I'm like, man, three and a half I hours. Wait to sh- it's a great show, but Jesus, I forgot how long it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, um, a man with uh, entirely too much time on his hands, <laughs> uh, Scott Waring believes he has found a UFO submerged in, right off of. 
uh, the coast of Nazca, Peru, uh, while he was hmm. uh, pursuing Google Earth. Um, he believes that he's found a submerged UFO. And, you know, you know me, I love UFOs and I always want to believe it, but there's just so many oh, I incredible know. people I, in this realm. I think that your summation of him is very apt. A dude with too much time on his hands. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Agreed. So, so, I mean, he's scouring Google Earth um, and from this image, if this image is to believe, be believed, like, yeah, there's a circle. I don't know how you kind of get that from Google, but he's also a man that um, he saw this thing on uh, Mars and he says this is proof of alien life and the picture is just like. Yeah, yeah, yeah I remember that uh, one. Yeah. Like it, what, didn't he see you something know, in the moon too? It, and, oh, I'm sure he, any I'm sure he has. I'm sure he has. But um, yeah, uh, he discovered it while exploring the Pacific Ocean using Google Earth. The object in question is a dark circle, and it can be found off the Peruvian coast. So Warren believes that the object is an almost five-mile-wide UFO sitting at the bottom of the ocean. He also believes that it is somehow directly connected to the Nazca lines in Peru. This connection, he says, is amplified because of the submerged UFO's proximity to the lines. Um, so if you want to take a look at this, I don't know. I hate how skeptical I've become the older I get. Like, I feel Likewise. like if I would have seen this story like 10 years ago, I'd be like, oh, no way. That's yeah. fucking great. <laughs> it's real and now, And now I see it and I just get annoyed. Like, proof that aliens exist. I'm like, what? again. Fucking again. So yeah, yeah. I mean, I I hate to bring it, be the downer, but but he says that quote this disc at the bottom of the ocean is one hundred percent proof of ancient aliens, and the technology is just sitting there on the bottom of the ocean. So if you would like to, you know, read the story for yourself, um, it is on bgr.com in the science section. Okay, and. Yeah, it's by Joshua Hawkins. Um, I don't know. I guess like I haven't looked at the actual Google Earth image, but I, you know, I I, I, I stumbled on this thing, believing that like a five mile wide UFO. If he's going ancient alien theory, that you'd still be able to find it on the bottom of the ocean, like right after thousands, if not millions of years, <laughs> right? Right. Yeah. Like it hasn't yeah, been like covered, it would up be covered up already. There'd be like whale bones and shit all over it. But like, uh, and I mean, not that it couldn't have been a more recent crash or something like maybe pre-satellite, but even still, like, I think we'd hear about something like that. You yeah. Know well, I mean? and what I find interesting is in this article, they don't give you the coordinates of Oh, of the Google not. Earth. You can check it out on Google Earth if you can find it. So I think that's like kind of an interesting thing. Like you think they would give you the coordinates to check it out. Cause I was like, I was, as I was talking about this, I was thinking, I'm like, eh, did I just miss the coordinates? Cause I want to actually like look at this thing for myself. And there's nothing as far as like, you know, this is how you find it on Google Earth or anything. It just says they, it's they over 450 miles from Nazca. Yeah. Very, very vague for the most part. So right off the coast, I would guess. Yeah. Because I don't think. Well, and so here's the thing. Can I ask you guys something? You So, yeah, I stumbled on that episode. But the one, 
Have you guys remember stumbling across something called the Baltic anomaly? Remember yeah, that? yeah, yeah. Uh, you're talking about the thing that looked like the Millennium Falcon yeah. crash landed on yeah, the yeah. ocean floor, right? Like, like I every now and again I see that pop up, and I've seen the pictures of it, and I'm like, "Fuck, that is hard to explain as a rock formation. Like, that's tough. If that's a thing, yeah, I but, would like like I've never been asked enough to fucking try and like find out if that's a typical geographic formation or geologic right, formation, right. like, um. Or I guess not typical, but like a one you would expect to find because there's like a bunch of weird shit like the Giant's Causeway in Northern Ireland mm-hmm. and like yep. all these weird uh, naturally occurring formations that are when you just look at them, they're really hard to explain unless you go ask a geologist and then they're like, oh, yeah, that's this. Yeah, do you know how that works. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and maybe on that, you know, like I said, I stumbled across it, but boy, it's just, you know. Like the contours of it, when you actually look at the pictures, I I don't know, you know. But I mean, the five mile. Okay, I I don't know. I keep some on the news reports of this guy, and and again, like John, I hate to be a pessimist, but damn, you know, we're still doing this now. I, I wish it was a little bit more viable proof somewhere somehow. Yeah, like ah oh, shit, uh, here we go again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so I'm looking up the Baltic Formation, and it's hard to tell what is an actual image and what is. An Photoshop rendering, an artist yeah. rendering—that's a problem. So, I mean, from this, this looks kind of like a legit uh, image. It's just yeah. like a black and white, fucking crappy picture, kind of essentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And to me, that just looks like a—I don't know—just some rocks that formed in a in a, in a round, way. and maybe you know, maybe well, I just you know. There's another one all the ancient alien ilk like to bring up all the time. That's that like weird ass formation. Uh, off the coast of Japan that looks kind of like a, they always try to make it out to be like it was an underwater city or something like that uh. um, because it's got a lot of stuff that doesn't look natural, like a lot of right angles and like it looks like a, an, a structure. But there's no openings to anything anywhere in it. You know what I mean? So I'm like, if this is actually like ruins of something that used to be above water, like – where are the windows? Where are the doors? Right. Like this is, yeah. it looks like a ziggurat basically. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think I stumble on that too. And everybody keeps like, Oh, could this be Atlantis? Da, 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 da. Yeah. There's and it's like, thing. or maybe it's just a really cool rock underwater. I don't know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Anyway. No, I mean, good article. You know, it's just one of those things where I just, you know, damn. Yeah. I, I, uh, I go girl earth is running rampant with people. Like they spend hours scouring trying to find something it's just it's more of annoying than anything i think um well like there have been a lot of people that have found like actual real archaeological archaeological stuff doing stuff like google earth and stuff but um i'm gonna say stuff three more times and stuff but (laughs) uh when it when it comes to people who are less rigorous with their uh credulity you know like this uh mike warring dude or whatever yeah it's like yeah, any any weird digital anomaly in the in the photograph is automatically proof of aliens, and it's like, or there was just like a couple of bad pixels, man. I don't know. Yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and I guess yeah. this is uh, you know, <clears throat> my thing of let's you know don't always jump to conclusions about uh some grainy footage being proof of something. Yeah. No. Very. Let's, very yeah. Let's get some. Very let's legit. get some critical thinking because I want more than anyone else to fucking see oh, a God. straight up UFO. But like, I also don't want to 
be the sucker that's like, oh, that's pr- that's a hundred percent proof of alien life, and it's like that's a fucking rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh huh. From <laughs> Earth. That? How dare you, John? Speak reason and common sense. <laughs> Fuck you, man. <laughs> Let's get the uh, grainy okay. footage square off the jump to conclusions board. Right. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Shall we? Shall we? Anyway, move on with our day. Oh, yeah. my God. Funny. But it was a slow news day, and uh, that's my first story. And there you go. Hey, and at least it's, like, UFO-related. All I found was dumb shit. But, <laughs> but Well, let's hear it. Let's hear well, it. Well, gear up, shit. listeners. You're in for a hell of a ride. <laughs> All right. If you need to take a leak or grab a beer or anything, do it now. Hit pause. You're not going to want to miss this. Just kidding. You can just leave it running. Um, a research study an- analyzes the characteristics of Apophis, the asteroid that will approach Earth in 2029. Um, And this is from Newswise, I think. Uh, Anyway, the study in which, uh, and I'm going to butcher the shit out of this, the name of this university, so sorry, don't hate me. Uh, Universidad Carlos III de Madrid and the Universidad Estatal Palista Julio de Mesquita Philo? Hey, that's where I went. All right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Anyway, a couple of places in uh, like a university from Spain and a university from Brazil are participating. Uh, um, they have some analysis of the surface dynamics of Apophis. Um, it's an asteroid that will pass close to Earth in 2029. Uh, the Apophis asteroid was discovered in 2004, and we've talked about this before, I think, like this particular rock. Um, it, like when they first found it, people thought it was going to be a world killer, but it's like... Oh, yeah, yeah, I think... It's going to yeah. pass close in 2029, and I'll have the details of that here in a sec, but like not dangerously close. So it was discovered in 2004 and it's been monitored since then due to its classification as a potentially hazardous asteroid, PHA. Uh, as it was estimated, it would have a 2% chance of hitting Earth. So you're Again, saying there's a chance. Yeah. One in a million. <laughs> what you're so saying. saying there's a chance. <laughs> um, actually, this possibility has already been ruled out. According to the latest measurements, Apophis will reach its closest trajectory to Earth which is 38,000 kilometers, which is not that far. But, like, astronomically speaking, that's close as fuck. But, like, yeah, in practical far- measures, it's right. still far enough away that it doesn't really matter. Um, but it'll that's where it's going to be in April of 2029. Uh, this study analysis analyzes the physical characteristics of the celestial body and the possible effects that it that its approach to Earth may have. Uh, Gabriel uh, Borders Mota, a researcher at one of the universities whose name I'm not going to butcher again, uh, <laughs> the Spanish one, uh, the, in their Department of Aerospace Engineering, he's, he explains that the collision is not the only possibility in approach events like, sorry, it's not the only possibility in event approaches like this one. So basically, like the gravitational intersection between the two bodies could cause some weird stuff to happen, like the gravity of the earth might pull loose material off the surface of the asteroid. And like, you know, it basically think of when they land on the asteroid in Armageddon, like as it passes through earth's gravity, like close enough happen there. Yeah. 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 Right. And it's pretty fucking big. So it's got a tiny bit of gravity of its own. Is this one that's like 16 miles wide or something like that? Um, I think they said it in here, but I don't 
remember off the top yeah. of my head. Um, but yeah, so they did like a study with um, like base. It's all basically com- computer modeling to research uh, what they think is going to happen when it passes hmm. through like this sector of space. Um, in most cases, it's impossible to directly experiment with space materials, obviously, because right. shit's expensive and hard and dangerous. Um, but the research team responsible for this study has uh, analyzed both the physical aspects of the asteroid, uh, among them its shape and characteristics of its gravitational field, as well as factors that can influence its trajectory and its slope angles, such as the radiation pressure or disturbance inflicted due to its proximity to Earth. Uh, to carry out this piece of research, the team has carried out a set of uh, numerical simulations, two simulations environments with three experimental cases each, using a disk of uh, 15,000 particles of different sizes in the close environment of Apophis as a sample. Hmm. Uh, the objective has been to try to predict how the particles orbiting the asteroid will react different to different situations and how these assumptions may influence the behavior of Apophis. So like, if you think back to Armageddon, right uh, before the asteroid hit, there were a bunch of smaller objects that were orbiting it that got like kind of sucked into earth's orbit. And, you know, like we've got rocks the size of Volkswagen beetles hitting Paris to (laughs) quote kind of, kind of track trapped in the tail type thing. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Um, So the first set of simulations was designed considering only the gravitational disturbance of Apophis in 24-hour periods over 30 years. The second set of simulations included disturbances caused by solar radiation pressure. Three cases uh, were proposed in both sets in which the asteroid had different densities. We evaluated a 340-meter polyhydron with a uniform density in three different cases in each case the starting point was a different particle density from the highest to lowest says Hmm. uh mota uh from the simulations it was concluded that the asteroid's slope angle was greater at low densities four percent than at high densities two percent in addition the lower the particle density the higher the solar radiation pressure uh, the fewer particles remained intact. In other words, in a scenario where Apophis has a low density, approximately 90% of the loose stones would be removed from its surface during the approach to Earth. In addition, the results have shown that Apophis' approach could slightly affect the tides and cause some landslides on the asteroid's surface. Hmm. So at least they're trying to you know, get a couple different scenarios for, yeah, they're going to learn this some could be really this, interesting you know. shit from it. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like for it's, sure. it, this is a very clickbait headline, but like, it's basically like, Oh God, Apophis, just kidding. It's not. Yeah. But you deal, know what? But I it's going to be real interesting. But you know? honestly, I mean, it, and it's just like, you know, all these UFO stories and all, oh, you find this in the, land, da, 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 it's in the ocean. Every single time there's a meteorite story or something to that effect, I will listen because you never know. Maybe that's just me yeah. being the, <laughs> that guy. I don't. I don't know. Yeah, so. and basically, what they're trying to learn is uh, they're just trying to learn about the approach to Earth in 2029, and 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 just learn more about how these things work, so that they're kind of just better prepared to see to be able to know if something's dangerous in future uh, yeah. near Earth passes. Yeah. yeah, you know. Which I mean, well, but it's fun. and what would you know? what would we really do if? There was an asteroid just coming straight for Earth, you know, just some 35-mile-wide asteroid. Like, there's yeah. nothing you can do. 
No. I yeah. mean, what, Space Wars at that point? I, I mean, yeah, there's nothing. Yeah. yeah. And then, I mean, maybe even if you... If you do blast it out of the sky, out of space, you're able to send some rockets up there. I feel like it'll be too close by that point anyway. So, yeah. Well, it's like they said in Armageddon: why turn one falling object into hundreds, thousand, thousands? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Know. Well, and you know what? I mean, on the side note, I always am fascinated that we don't have as much of that as we do. I mean, I know um, we have atmosphere. Well, I know NASA but- is massively underfunded, bro. Is that why? Like, <laughs> okay, dude. The enough. all right. I'm not going to say that because I think I would be completely wrong about it. But like, there are. I don't know. We spend like NASA is like two percent of our. National oh, I know. Budget. Like, I know. They, it's ridiculous, and it, it's been. It's worse now than it ever was. So you know. But yeah, it just always fascinates me. I'm like, man, we unscathe that again. You know, talk about you know how the dinosaurs supposedly went mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. You know, like, man, that could happen any fucking time. How come we're still? here without it hat you know what i mean i, I, I don't know yeah, man you know. i'm here for a good time not a long time i, I guess like, all right i wonder down, what the David state Moore. of the world would be like if that was gonna happen like everybody just rushing to the stores and buying you know supplies i feel like i would just like stock up on some booze and just be like i'm getting fucked but, up like, yeah yeah, yeah for like the- <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully I'm good and drunk so it doesn't hurt too bad. I like I like how we always reference movies, but have you guys ever seen uh Looking for a Friend for the End of the World? Yeah, I was just thinking about that movie, <laughs> but I think it would be like that, but sadly I don't know if you saw the one that just came out. Uh I was just don't look up. Don't look up. I like, saw it's that just it, about it's so fucking up. asinine and it's it's a satirical like metaphor for climate change. Yeah, mm. absolutely. But it's also like it probably exactly what would fucking happen yeah. in the last like six yeah. years of watching us just fumble with bullshit. Oh yeah. Know, well, when they're sitting around the dinner table, I, I was kind of teared up. I, oh yeah. Yep. That's I cry too. pretty, I cry pretty easily at movies too. Like I'll be watching like great British bake off and just be like, <laughs> Oh my so God, she didn't get that turn. Right. <laughs> why are they so nice to each other? I don't get it. I'm like, the same fucking way. Dude. But yeah. that, that scene around uh, the dinner table, I was like, Damn, dude, it was like tough. getting choked up because I was like putting myself kind of in that scenario. Like, yeah, yeah, fuck. yeah. Like, what, what do you heavy. fucking do? I mean, that's a whole thing, yeah. you know? I yeah. mean, or do you just, you know, throw caution in the wind? It's like on the other movie, you know? Yeah. Hey, Elaine, how are we looking in the streets? <laughs> We're fucked, Bob. I mean, is it just that? You know? I, yeah. What are you going to do? Fire me? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> God, just fucking crazy. I just always contemplate that. I'm glad I'm not the only one because it, it just, yeah. It, it's oh no like else, a big man. think of like i mean obviously you guys know i'm a little bit of a doomer and a little bit of a fucking no, prepper no and uh i oftentimes when i'm like looking at making a a big like i'm freaked out about something doomsday purchase i'm like but do i even really want to survive if something weird fucking happens i always saw that too everybody's like, like yeah, oh, yeah, i gotta yeah. survive and i'm like what well, that sounds shitty well, you, yeah you like, could have fucking survived no movies are coming out. Dead. No bands are yeah. going to come out. Like everyone's going to be like skeptical. Like if you run into another human, it's like, don't fucking talk to them. Yeah. I don't fucking trust them. So you're always on edge. I, I mean, the you're thing fucking is eating like canned food that well, hey, now, was never down. good in the first place. I like Vienna sausages. I can survive off them for a bit. You were a bit. I, no. Yeah. It, it's like, I used to love the walking dead, but a, a lot of times I ask myself like, Dude, would I want to fucking make it in that situation? 
Yeah, and you know what? Not to sound like an ass, but you know, Hollywood can come up with any kind of a scenario that we can anticipate. Who's to say that it's not going to be worse? You know? Like Well, judging damn. by our pandemic response, I think it will be. <laughs> that's kinda oh, yeah, yeah, that's kinda what like, I'm hinting at. So anyway, for oh, sure. Fucking great. Well, you know what? I'll bring us up just a little bit here. Um you know, because as Josh, he's very good at bringing us down. We're going to bring you up. This was really kind of cool. A new experiment could confirm the fifth state of matter in the universe. Uh, this is by Fizz.org, uh, University of Portsmouth. Uh, physicist Dr. Melvin Vopson has already published research suggesting, and, and again, this is not peer-reviewed, but it's still kind of cool to think about, um, that information has mass and that all elementary particles, the smallest known building blocks of the universe, store information about themselves, similar to the way humans have DNA. Uh, now, he has designed an experiment which, if proved correct, means he will have discovered the information is the fifth form of matter alongside solid, liquid, gas, and plasma. Information? So, information. So this goes a little along the lines that uh, we had Mark Gober. Remember him on the podcast this yeah. season? Kind of like that, I feel. Like, if this is really, you know, like, look at dark matter. You know, it's how many percentages the space of dark matter. Most and we of have, it. Most of it. We have no clue really what it is. What, what if that dark matter is information? What if it's just stuff we can't harvest? Hey, what if that's how you can, like, send subspace communications? I, you know, I mean, this opens up a whole can of worms here. Uh, here's what if it's just porn? Yeah, wouldn't that be knowing humanity? That'd be cool. is definitely just a lot. That'd be cool. Of it's just, it's just like, a lot of it's just a lot of porn. Show oh, I like Debbie Dallas up in the ether for no apparent <laughs> reason. Sorry, uh, I had to take a serious, interesting conversation. <laughs> no, no, you're fine. Ruin it. You're fine. Uh, here's a it's quote. All right, as long as you uh, show feet. Yeah. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I've never been a foot person. I don't get that. Eh, anyway, teacher. That's what's funny about it. Yeah, maybe. Um, here's a quote. It That's funny about it to me. <laughs> it doesn't contradict quantum mechanics, uh, electrodynamics, thermodynamics, or classical mechanics. All it does is complement physics with something new and incredibly exciting. Uh, so he's going to work on that. Uh, he says, if we assume that information is physical and has mass and that elementary particles have a DNA of information about themselves, how can we prove it? My latest paper is about putting these theories to the test so they can be taken seriously by the scientific community. Um, so he's working on these experiments, and um, there's another quote here. He says, the information in an electron is 22 million times smaller than the mass of it, but we can measure the information content by erasing it, which is true. Uh, it just, It's just amazing. I mean, and if this Crazy. is the case, man, that kind of puts things on edge a little bit. You know, the chicken before the egg, right? You know, talking about the brain, it doesn't make consciousness, yeah. it picks it up. What if it, What if this is what it's picking up? I don't know. Yeah, I just thought it was a cool article. So I don't know yeah, if I can like wrap my brain around like <clears throat> that because I just see information Crazy. as <clears throat> I don't know everything we're reading on the internet or just yeah. like a, a book, a TV, news, you know, whatever's around you. Like you know, that's your information. Yeah. But yeah, to have exactly. it have it ethereal like this, mm-hmm. I mean, that really kind of changes the hats a little bit, you know. So yeah, it just reminds me of that line from that form of rocket song where. He's like, the weight of an idea is like 3.5 pounds and it sits in the corner like a lamp. Or, oh, yeah. Or whatever. <laughs> like, I love that. I love yeah. that. 
Dude, that whole record, amazing. Yeah. But anyway, yeah. Um, <laughs> anyway, but but cool to say, you know, like I said, it, you know. We, so is do you think he's in the process of getting this peer reviewed, or what? What what is that? Uh, it, what it, is the link to check that out? Yeah, it sounds like it. So again, you can check this out on fizz.org. Um, it is by the University of Portsmouth, and yeah, he's working on what it looks like. Uh, he says an annihilation process converts all the remaining mass of particles into energy typically gamma photons. Any particles containing information are converted into low-energy infrared photons. In the study, Dr. Vopson predicts the exact energy of the infrared photons resulting from erasing the information. Um, He believes his work can demonstrate that information is a key component of everything in the universe, and a new field of physics research could emerge. And, man, I'll tell you what. I'm in his corner. I think it'd be kind of badass. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see where it goes. But anyway. yeah, definitely interesting. Yeah. It would be cool to get some people to peer review that and like look into. Oh, absolutely. Into well, you know, and we talk about this on this podcast. We've had guests on too that, you know, they say, hey, look, you know, people look at this fringe science and they laugh at it. Too. But, you know, I stumble on articles that it, it's not, it's really getting a little bit more popular and getting ground where. Uh, scientists, you know, uh, I mean, Dr. Loeb, for example. I mean, they're really taking a stance to go, look, no, there's something out there. We, we've we researched it. We've done it. Um, and they're bringing that fringe a little bit out of the closet. And every time I see an article that does that, I, I just get excited because I, I've always said that paranormal and, and this fringe side is just as much of a science as anything else. That's how science started. We didn't know shit from Shinola. And as we discover these things, then it becomes fact. Then it becomes scientific theory then it's this and then it moves on to I mean, that's how this works you know so who's yeah. to say we can't you know we can't keep going with it you know so totally. anyway and yeah and as know. long as they just you know do proper studies with it like i mean the world's a mysterious place that we have not figured out completely yet a- absolutely so. absolutely um we're gonna take a quick break and then i think we'll come back uh, and see what john's got so stand by everybody Believe in UFOs? Felt that chill up your spine that you just can't explain? Contemplate the other side of reality? Do you shake your head at the world that seems to have lost its common sense? Well, look no further than Strange Uncles. Find them on all podcast platforms and call their hotline to tell your side of reality at 801-252-6945. Open the gates. All right, and we are back. Um, John, you're up, man. But uh, well, NASA confirms existence of over five thousand exoplanets. <laughs> uh, this is by the Weekly Voice. Um, this just recently came out. So, U.S. space agency NASA has confirmed that more than five thousand exoplanets, or planets that orbits a star outside the solar system, exist beyond our solar system. And I actually saw this story in a couple different places today. Uh, The planetary odometer turned on March 21st with the latest batch of 65 exoplanets. Planets outside our immediate uh, solar family added to the NASA exoplanet archive. Uh, The archive records exoplanet discoveries that appear in peer-reviewed scientific papers and that have confirmed using multiple detection methods or by analytical techniques. Uh, The 5,000-plus 
planets found so far include small rocky worlds like earth gas giants many times larger than jupiter and hot jupiters quote unquote and scholar scorchingly close orbits around their stars there are quote-unquote super earths which are possible rocky worlds bigger than our own and quote-unquote mini neptunes a smaller version of our systems neptune it's not just a number, said Jesse Christiansen, science lead for the archive and a research scientist with the NASA Exoplanet Science Institute at Caltech in Pasadena in a statement. That is a <laughs> that was a big <laughs> sentence. A little bit of a run on like okay. I feel like there needed to be a comma in there somewhere. Yeah, that's like the emails I send out that get a lot of like just the Nick Young <laughs> question mark meme sent back to me. Yeah, I just kept reading. I'm like, it is still going on right now with every single other word I am ever saying. I will never stop. (laughs) God. Uh, So each one of them is a new world, a brand new planet. I get excited about everyone because we don't know anything about them. She added the discovery of exoplanets, which began in 92 is opening an era of discovery that will go beyond simply adding new planets to the list. The scientists said the transiting (laughs) transiting exoplanet survey satellite tests launched in 2018 continues to make new exoplanet discoveries (laughs) but soon powerful next generation telescopes and their highly sensitive instruments starting with the recently launched james webb space telescope will capture light from the atmospheres of exoplanets reading which gases are present to potentially identifying telltale signs of habitable conditions Hmm. um the Nancy Grace Roman Space Telescope, expected to launch in 2027, will make new exoplanet discoveries using a variety of methods. Uh, the European Space Agency mission Ariel, launching in 2029, will observe exoplanet atmospheres, and a piece of NASA technology board called CASE will help zero in on exoplanet clouds and hazes. So, yeah, that's, wow. that's, there's a ton of planets out there. I like that they named the last one after uh, one of the robots from Interstellar. That's pretty dope. Oh, did they? <laughs> which one was that? Well, I don't know what they actually named it, but the acronym was CASE, right? Oh. Oh, yeah. Cool. I didn't yeah. catch on to that. That's kind of neat. Just need TARS, and then we're good to go. Then we're set. God, I loved Interstellar. Such a good show. No, I thought it's TARS amazing. was the, the Interstellar, or is that there Space? Was, no, there were two. There were TARS and CASE. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, Case was the quiet one that was like, Tars is a fucking dipshit. <laughs> that's amazing. That's amazing. Down. And then now, I mean, this, uh, you know, this new telescope where they land it, like it's bringing back some pic- I, It's just, yeah, it's such a cool time to be alive to see this stuff. It's amazing. Yeah. And I mean, if we've proven over 5,000 exoplanets out there, you know, that are orbiting a, their own sun, that's just what we've found. Mm-hmm. Like, think of it. I mean, just you know, like typical, yeah. typical, typical of a needle. It's just crazy. I mean, there's got to be infinite Earths, right? Yep. And I, I almost did a story today about uh, they found a bunch of uh, like rocky habitable planets in in the habitable zone of a white dwarf, but mm. then I didn't. Yeah, but that's so, like, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> I'm cool story. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, I mean, badass. I just wonder how many, and really, how many of those planets that, like, out of those five thousand, do you think there's like any microbial life or even 
actual like intelligent life. Yeah, on I bet any there's complex like, intelligent life at least somewhere. Well, got to be. Didn't they have a quick news? And again, it probably wasn't confounded at all. But didn't they find some kind of a gas? And I, I can't remember what it was in Venus's atmosphere, which it has to like this is how life works. Like without this gas, it doesn't. I feel like we covered that story a while ago. Yeah, it's been. I, I think I know what you're talking about. Yeah. 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 So, which, you know, I mean, Valiant Thor, he was from Venus, right? So, Allegedly. The Venus. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Well, and I mean, there's like the the Drake equation, which is kind of canceled out by the Fermi paradox, but like, right. like it's basically given the number of stars and, and planets in the galaxy, it's just in the galaxy, let alone the universe. It's pretty much impossible that there isn't complex, intelligent life somewhere else. I mean, if we're here, there's no reason why this can't happen infinitely. Absolutely. Absolutely. There are just a lot of barriers to us ever getting to know that for sure. Yeah. And like, yeah, for sure. Like, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And And then that's that's when you can just get all metaphysical and figure out where everything is coming from. And yeah, you know, that's why this podcast is here. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly why we will. We shall find the quantum physics, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be the key once we figure out what the hell it is. So anyway, what do you got, Josh? Oh, God. You know what? I've got a story about a diamond that has some weird shit in it that uh, scientists thought couldn't exist at the surface of the Earth. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I've got a story about what's the other one? OK, do you want geological kind of interesting, but like ultimately me? kind of story or do you want uh, a feel-good story with a twist oh man uh, get it i off. want a feel-good story with a twist yeah, you're gonna too. be so mad at me at the end of this it's gonna be great <laughs> you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> so cosmonauts put on yellow suits oh uh, i saw this but did not yeah, read yeah. it I, yeah i yeah so so they just sent up a like a relief crew up to the international space station it was three cosmonauts and uh, there was footage of them disembarking from their Soyuz capsule, and they're wearing, like, uh, yellow flight suits that have, like, blue stripes on the arms and stuff. And so it's like, oh, fuck yeah, like, you're making a statement, you're being brave, you're supporting Ukraine, all that kind of stuff, right? And uh, so um, three Russian cosmonauts blasted off from Earth on Friday morning for the International Space Station and emerged from their Soyuz rocket a little over three hours later all wearing yellow flight suits with blue stripes and accents, the colors of the Ukrainian national flag. On a live stream set up by Russian space agency Roscosmos, the three cosmonauts, um, Oleg Artemyev, Denis Martin, they're not related, but Matviev, <laughs> and Sergei uh, Korsakov would be seen entering the space station one by one, floating in zero gravity environments and hugging the seven astronauts who were already on board. Uh, their bright yellow clothing also includes two patches of blue, white, and red, which are the national are the colors on the Russian flag uh, on the arm and chest. Uh, shortly after reaching the International Space Station, the trio spoke to callers on the phone, including with family members who wished them a successful mission. When asked by a caller about their clothing choice, uh, Artemyev 
responded that each crew is allowed to pick its own colors from a stock supply of equipment. Uh, he added that the color of the flight suits is chosen about six months before launch because they need to be individually sewn. Um, and here's where the twist uh. comes. Uh, and since all three of them were graduates of Bauman Moscow uh, State University, they chose the colors of their alma mater. So it's their school colors, oh. not necessarily. Has nothing to do with like a, yeah. a protest of, uh. of war. Yeah, and this is a quote. He was like, there is no need to look for any hidden signs or symbols in our uniform. Um, a color is simply a color. It is not in any way connected to Ukraine. Otherwise, we would have to recognize the rights to the yellow sun and the blue sky. Uh, these days, even though we are in space, we are together with our president and our people. Uh, wow. Sometimes yellow is just yellow. Russia's space force, Roscosmos, wrote in their Telegram channel. So that little exchange was in their Telegram channel. Hmm. Wait, what they They would have to recognize... Uh, yeah, yeah. He said we'd have to recognize uh, Ukraine's rights to the yellow sun and the blue sky. Which is like no, what, so just, what'd you say? Is that like kind of like implying like Ukraine has no rights and fuck it's, Ukraine or something? No, it's kind of more implying like it's a color. Don't read too much into it. Like if okay. if we were, but also a little bit like that, like kind of dickheadish. Yeah, a little bit. It, it well, yeah, it sounds a little dickheadish, but uh, you know, maybe yeah. in context. It's uh, he's a dude that's either way like way covering his ass or uh, trolling a little bit. Yeah, I mean, yeah. well, yeah, and yeah. honestly, in a position like that, like, I, I mean, it's so you either have to toe the line, or yeah. you, you land back on Earth in Russia and you prepare for and the consequences. In, yeah, it's either toe the and, line or like I got to yeah. take the Soyuz escape rocket and head for Florida. You know, yeah. yeah. Well, and that's uh, I remember finding an article before it was kind of long lines that you had. But they were, what's going to happen to the Russian cosmonauts now that they, like, it was, a, and it makes you think, like, well, what, well, what are they going to do with them, you know? Funnily enough, we'll get to that. Oh, nice. Um, the three Russians' decision triggered discussions on social media about whether it was a reference to the war in Ukraine, whether Russian forces have unleashed, or where Russian forces have unleashed artillery fire, missiles, and bombs over the past three weeks. Former NASA astronaut Scott Kelly, who commanded three expeditions aboard the International Space Station, tweeted Friday in both Russian and English that the three Russian cosmonauts arrived in Ukrainian yellow. Uh, fellow astronaut Terry Vertz was similarly enthused, tweeting, wow, just wow, well done. So, like, Jesus. I think they might be trolling a little bit. Yeah, sounds uh, like it. The trip up, uh, the trip to the International Space Station comes as escalating tensions between the United States and Russia strain the country's space partnership. Uh, Dmitry Rogozin, the head of Roscosmos, threatened uh, earlier this month to cut off the supply of Russian-made rocket engines used on rockets that fly supplies to the space station. Uh, but NASA leadership has dismissed the idea that the collaboration is fraying. Um, so basically. Anytime there's like a weird geopolitical kerfuffle that involves the U.S. and and Russia, this that kind of thing always happens where like we start talking about what about the people on the International Space Station right. and Russia's like maybe we'll cut off like because since we left the space space shuttle program, uh, we don't get to there from here anymore. Really, like we do now sometimes with SpaceX, but most of it's out of Kazakhstan. Uh, and, and done by 
the Russian space program by Roscosmos. So they were kind of like, well, fuck you then. Like, you can get up there and back yourselves. Like, fuck <laughs> off. Yeah. Which, yeah. Wow. Uh, but that happens every time there's like even it, it does. a little bit of tension. Yeah, you know, and it's it going and it's expected. Fine. I mean, you know, that's supposed yeah. to be like neutral territory, but you know, you're still, you know, you're still representatives of the country you come from. So yeah, you know. Well, and and when I was reading that, I first thought maybe the the, the cosmonaut was like. Yeah, we're, like, trying to, like, sneaky show support, but then he was like, no, we had these sewn up, like, we had to choose this shit, like, like he shut it six right down. months ago, and, <laughs> yeah. like, sometimes yeah. the color's just a color, and, yeah, like, just oh, don't especially read into that it. bit about, like, oh, then we'd have to recognize their right to the yellow sun and the blue sky. It's like, uh, no, you could just recognize their right to exist as a country. Not but that don't know. And also, don't they have the right to a yellow sun and a blue sky? I would think so. I think he was. I feel like I have like a right to a yellow sun. But yeah, I think we all have a right to that. Yeah, yeah. We. I feel like we all have a right to a yellow sun and a blue sky. Oh man. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that. Oh, man, that's just a strange. St- like I don't know what that means. How, like, how what, it's worded is a little. What he weird, thinks huh? it means. Like yeah. Well, uh, the, like, am totally... I reading too much into that? Because I'm like, damn, that's kind of a dickhead thing. Like Ukrainians have the right to that. It's like, yeah, like they have the right to that. It's like. Well, they do. Well, I think he meant more like ownership. Like, well, do they own the sun because it's yellow in a field of blue? You know? Uh, but, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yeah. But like yeah. also uh, when he said like even up here we're with our, our president and our people, that's like a really nationalist way to be about it, which mm-hmm. you kind of have to be, I think, if you get to that level. Yeah, you have to be. Yeah, you got to play the, you gotta play the you know? politics. Like. Yeah, you yeah. got to play the politics. Who knows yeah. what he really, really feels? But like that, that if, throwing that line in, like we're with our president and our nation when there are like so many people protesting the war in a country that is just slightly worse than the U.S. for letting people actually fucking speak their minds. Like it gets, <laughs> I don't know. I think it's, yeah. I think it's, I don't know. I don't really know what to think about it. I thought for a second it was maybe them trying to be like like sneaky solidarity to protect themselves, but also be like, fuck yeah. But then also some of the things he said, it was like, oh yeah, you're just fucking asshole. Yeah. You're yeah. just trolling. Yeah. Or well, well you're, you know. you're maybe not intentionally trolling like because if it's true, they picked the colors six months ago. Not trolling that way, but like with all the commotion it made being like, yeah, this isn't what you think it is. Fuck you guys. Yeah, yeah, sipping yeah, out of sure. his liberal tears mug, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, and here we are yet again in this world. Yeah, who's to say? I mean, it was. I'm with you, John. It was worded a little bit different. I, you know, and again, I, people can dissect. I mean, I would expect want, I a guess, Russian you know. astronaut to say nothing different than no. that. Yeah, like, and I wouldn't expect yeah. an American astronaut to say anything different either. Really? You know, yeah, I mean, any anybody oh, like, and yeah. that goes for any astronaut up there for their country. They're going to say they support their country. Yeah, yeah because yeah, and their country's president is hinged upon that. The government is employing you, and you know, especially in Russia, like, who knows? Like, if you say some weird ass, crazy, revolutionary yeah. shit. If you have a family when you get back down to earth, that's, that's the key. You might right never, there. Yeah. You might never get back down to earth. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or, or you will, but you Dude, won't. Make could it you imagine? By the way, you, won't, you won't enjoy uh, the rest of your stay on earth. Yeah. Won't be pretty at all. So, yeah, wow. But, that's, that's crazy. 
I saw that headline. I clicked into it, and John, like you get teary-eyed at movies. I was, full disclosure, sitting at a bar because I forgot it was Tuesday, and it's my last day <laughs> of vacation. So I was like sitting in a bar having a drink and uh, and got the text about like news stories. No one can find anything good. And I was like, it's Tuesday? Fuck. <laughs> and then uh, I found that one. I was like, oh, this is a feel good. So I got teary eyed when I like was reading the first part. And then the way the news app I was looking at it added on does it's like read the full article. And then when I clicked on the full article, it was like right in that cutoff of where it's like, yeah, it's like a a real cool show of solidarity and I was getting all misty. And then it was like, actually this dude's just being an asshole. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's just shit in your Cheerios completely. Mm-hmm. God damn. Well, you know, yeah. but with that being said, I mean, why we're quickly on that subject, there are some really cool fucking things coming out of this that, uh, you know, just human beings sometimes as much as we, we hate them, you know, there's a couple that stand up and really do the right thing. Yeah. And, and it's I, neat I mean, to it, see. You know? It might have been between news episodes, but like I thought it was super cool. The whole like, I and mean, we might have me- briefly mentioned this otherwise too. But I thought the whole like, uh, people wanting to help people directly and being a little ner- like nervous about which charity companies to donate to, and then being like, oh, oh fuck it, I'll just go on Airbnb and be like, yeah, we talked. Obviously, about I'm not going to be here this month, but like let me rent your place for a week. Yeah. And I saw like a lot of the replies from the hosts that they were doing that for were like, I'm giving all of this money to these organizations that like are providing food and like medical aid and all that kind of stuff to everybody. And like, thank you so much, you know? Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, you know, it's really cool to have a little bit of, I don't know, positive input for the human race still, you know, few and far between for sure. Um, great story. Well, you know, and I, I, and I don't mean the bear of bad news here and I know we got a lot of stuff going on. I'm going to wrap the show up here a little bit. Uh, and I, you know, I, I guess this is not good, but I just want to throw it out there not to be a, you know, okay, based Cheerios. What you got? Uh, Japan's killing stone said to contain a thousand year old demon has split yeah, in half. So that's yeah, well, never can, a bad sign. Right? Well, I, can, I can deal with that because <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like if there's anything there, uh, this is an article by a uh, killing demon. Oh my God. A rock split in half. Okay. <laughs> well, there's, there's more to it here. This is just more funny than anything. Um, this article by Carissa Bazanakis and, uh, she covers this, uh, as in 2022 wasn't already a tumultuous year with deadly flooding in Australia, Russian invasion, yada, yada. We've just talked about it. The Japan's killing stone said to kill anyone who comes into contact with it has split in two. Oh, fuck. Um, I know, right? We're all fucked, Bob. Legend has it that the large stone contains a corpse of Tamamo no Mei, a beautiful woman who is part of a plot to overthrow and kill the Emperor Toba, who reigned from 1107-1123. According to the myth, her true identity was an evil nine-tailed fox whose spirit is captured inside the volcanic rock. It can be found in the Tojiki Prefecture near Tokyo, which is famous for its sulfurous hot springs. The stone plit in, uh, split in the past few days, and a passerby snapped an image of the tourist attraction sitting in two pieces. The picture has since gone viral. And I just want to read some of these um, quotes, too, which I think is hilarious. Well, some, anyway. Is um, the person that uh, took the picture alive? I, I doesn't say she's dead, so I'm assuming. But, you know, there's I that. Mean, it can't be that dangerous, then, so if the, if I, the right? fox of nine tails, you know. <laughs> Didn't kill her right away? So. Yeah. Also, like, I'm not going to Japan anytime soon, so if I need to be in proximity to it, I'm not super worried. 
Yeah, well, that's kind of why I feel too, because, you know, it's going to take a lot of, man, for that nine-tailed fox to traverse that much land, I think I'm okay over here in Spokane, personally. Um, I mean, unless unless it's like uh, setting Gozer free from the fucking Evo Shandor's mine. And oh, then and then it changes through. everything. Yeah, that, then we're fucked, really, in that regard. Uh, so here's some comments on uh, Twitter, which I find hilarious. John Fulton took to Twitter and wrote, Japanese killing stone that was rumored to hold a nine-tailed fox demon has been broken. My guess is the demon is going to look around at 2022 and want to go back on the rock for another millennium. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Nick B. Nasari wrote, And here I thought 2022 couldn't get worse. Now our furious Japanese spirit is freed from its killing stone. Um, evil Japanese spirit released from containment stone was not on my 2022 bingo card. Yeah, so there's that. Anyway, you know, I figured that was interesting. I stumbled <laughs> on that last week. I'm like, okay, more shit to, you know, release upon us all. Well, now I'm just so. going to blame it all. Well, you know, if it wasn't for that goddamn Japanese killing stone, it's, the fox and nine tails. Yeah, yeah, everything would be fine. Oh, it's kind of like when we went to Area 51. Well, if it wasn't for, uh-huh, <laughs> same shit. Just a different day. <laughs> These mines would be open. <laughs> Mines would be open if Trump fucking uh-huh. something or other. Yep, it is. What insane. the hell did he say? I can't. Uh, I think it, it was uh, some about the election mines or something. Stolen, if I remember. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. If the election wasn't stolen, the mines would be open. You mean the <laughs> mines that have been closed for like fifty years? Dude, Those I got mines? A, I got a good fucking three months <laughs> of mileage out of that joke. Like, and it was pretty good. I, I did some mileage on that as well. I'm glad I wasn't the only one. So for sure. But anyway, anyway, everybody, uh, that actually is a news episode for this month. Um, if you guys have any news that you want to throw our way, something you stumble upon, you think is cool, you can write us at strangeuncles at gmail.com. You can call us at 801-252-69. Nine-tailed Fox. Oh, yeah. 45. And let us know. And yeah, I think out of all the shit going on in the world, I'm not really too concerned about this rock thing. I think I'll be okay. For the most part. <laughs> Fair enough, sir. <laughs> Where are we Text him that soundboard immediately. <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah, I mean, I wish I, I wish I had a soundboard. I, I, you know what's sad? I'd have, lot, I, I'd have a lot of fun over here. I, I have this over here, and I just don't utilize it like I should. I really probably should step up to the plate, but, you know, there's that. But anyway. Um, I mean, <laughs> you are that's the neither here nor there. Yeah, yeah. Well, there's that. But, we're all but uh, you know, no one hates this sound. Oh, God damn it. No, no one hates that as, sound as, at all. Yeah. Oh, that's all fun and games. Just somebody gets a that's horn great. poked out. Uh, where are we on socials? It's very horny sound. Uh, <laughs> we are at Strange Uncles Podcast on Facebook and Instagram. We are at Strange Uncles on Twitter. We have a YouTube channel at Strange Uncles if you can't find it that way, add podcast to the end of it. I don't remember which way it goes. You know uh, how to work the internet. Yeah. yeah. It's not that hard. <laughs> yeah. Go to Google, Google this for me.com. Um, but yeah, that's where we're at. That's where you can find us. Sometimes we post stuff. Uh, sometimes every now and again. Yeah. If yeah. we got, uh, if we're able for sure. So anyway, um, we do have one or two guests. We have some original write-ups coming up. Uh, season six is looking good so far. Got some good feedback. I uh, got a couple books I'm finishing that I'm going to turn around and do an article for. And we have some more feedback from a couple of Patreon members who uh, had topics recommended. And so we still have a couple of those on the plate, which we want to throw out there before the season ending. 
Um, so stand by. Don't think we forgot about you because we have those ready. And yeah, man, good seeing you guys. Might miss one of you in Salt Lake, but uh, but we can go from there for sure. So you guys Amen, got brother. anything else at all? Uh, no. No? Mm, I don't think so. All right. That's it. Well, folks, pay attention. Um, as we covered last episode in the links, we're also going to do the same thing at this time. You know, if you don't want to, it's no big deal. But if you do want to, it's there. Uh, we're going to throw a link in there that talks about different charities like Josh discussed about uh, Ukraine, how you can kind of give to them, you know, and we're going to kind of keep that going till you know, things get better. That's the least we could do. Uh, and we'll, uh, we'll go forth. So good seeing you guys. Close the gates. Oh, wait. Oh, I'm just kidding. Yes. <laughs> 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 Close the case.